Hang in there, idiot. Smiley Kaufman for 61. Wow. I'm Smiley Kaufman, and this is The Smiley Show. What's up, y'all? I'm Charlie Holm. I'm Smiley's producer and co-host. We have a real ship's passing of the night situation here. Uh, At the time of this recording, Smiley is in a car somewhere between Jackson, Mississippi and Birmingham, Alabama, and unable to record the introduction to this podcast. And by the time he is able to record the introduction to this podcast, I will be headed to New York City to have a surgery that will leave me in a comically large neck brace for the next six weeks. So be on the lookout for that on YouTube. Nevertheless, I will introduce today's episode, and it's an awesome one because it is tapping into the childhood nostalgia that Smiley and I both share for perhaps the greatest baseball movie of all time, The Sandlot. That is correct. You're going to hear from Patrick Renna, but you probably know him better as Hamilton Porter, a.k.a. The Great Hambino. Uh, Smiley and Patrick dig into, of course, that movie, but also Patrick's iconic role in the soccer movie, The Big Green, which was another sort of cult classic. He grew up playing baseball and soccer as a kid. Uh, All that, plus Patrick's doing a ton of really funny stuff, golf-related stuff on Instagram these days that's definitely worth checking out if you go to at Patrick Renna there. Uh, So he and Smiley also talk about that and, you know, potentially line up some dates to play golf in the near future. So without further ado, I'm going to pass it off to Smiley. Here he is with Patrick Renna. Happy to be joined by Patrick Renna. As many of you are very familiar with this guy playing the role of Hamilton Porter, uh, aka the great Hambino. We'll get all of that a little later in this episode, but Patrick just rediscovered you on social media and man, you you've been playing a little bit of golf. Yeah, I have. I mean, I, you know, playing golf uh, is a broad term that can <laughs> include a lot of different levels of golf. So, um, but I do love the sport and I've been playing for a long time, actually. Yeah. I watched like the, uh, was it a play a whole, like you kind of have like your own, like little comedic, uh, kind of spin on these little golf videos yeah. I'm watching. I, I imagine you've been having a lot of fun filming those. Yeah. Well, I, you know, you, you I, there's something that's so great just about seeing a golfer and they say, Oh, play a hole with me. Um, and I don't know what it is about how you have to watch how it ends. Like it's, <laughs> it's just must be the game of golf. But then we just decide, I, I have some friends of mine that kind of, we do mess around on, on these uh, social media posts and we film them together, but we were like, how funny would it be if I just was that guy who is such a punk and cheats his whole round. Uh, <laughs> so that, that was kind of the, the, the background story behind that one. Well, I mean, every friend group in, in your golf group has that guy that's like his, yeah, for sure. his 81 is not a normal 81. So I think no. a lot of people can uh, relate to that. <laughs> unfortunately, that is me from time to time. I'm not, it's not me all the time. A really good friend of mine uh, is a full legit eight or 10 handicap. He will not cheat ever takes every stroke. It's ridiculous. Uh, and I'm not that guy either. So we'll just say that. So you, you said you grew up playing golf. Do you watch much golf? Is it something that you will flip on the TV and watch the majors? What's your kind of background with that? I'm a, I'm kind of a tiger guy. So mm-hmm. I, you know, it's been hard for me. You and everybody else he's left the line. Right? <laughs> I know. Um, but when I started too, I did a tiger woods commercial when I was like 15. 
Uh, and it was, I forget, it was the one where a bunch of us were like carrying bags and he was young. I didn't meet him though. Um, but, but yeah, no, I, I love, I love watching golf. It's one of my favorite sports to watch. Um, like, you know, the final Sunday of any major is amazing. I, I you can even just pick up any tournament, any round and just enjoy mm-hmm. watching. I think the great thing about golf is it's the only sport where for a moment you can play like a pro, um, you know? And so like, there's a, there's a, there's something you can share in with him or, or her where you like, Oh, I could have, I know what I would do in that scenario in basketball. There's never a moment where Paul George and I are going <laughs> to be on the, the same playing field. There's never a one-on-one game where I'm going to score once on Shaq. It's just not going to happen. You know, Kobe, maybe if he would be nice to me, would have let me score. But other than that, that's it. So, but with golf, like Tiger Woods and I could play around and maybe on a hole, I tie him, you know, mm-hmm. like it's possible. Cause so there's something really cool about that sport. Now you put 18 holes together and we're light years <laughs> apart. Um, of course, like, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying I'm nearly <laughs> as good as these guys, but, and I, and still they're going to outdrive me by 150 yards, but uh, I don't know. There's something really cool about the sport because of that. That's such a good point. I asked my father-in-law watching football last weekend and said, if you were the running back and I gave you 10 carries in this game, how many yards would you get? <laughs> he's like, zero. I, he said zero. And I was, and I'm, and I'm such a, um, I'm so positive in the way I think is like, I'm, I'm the guy that think, you know what, I, I can get, I can get 30 and, but it's just, yeah. it's so unrealistic, but that's just the way I think. And I probably should not be thinking that way, but you're, you're exactly right. And that's the cool thing about golf is, is that yeah. you and I could go play and I'm coming off of a week of hanging out with my buddies and, and you could sneak, yeah. beat me on nine holes. Just me trying to find myself out there. <laughs> uh, I, I think you went too far, but yeah. Okay. Okay. Right. Okay. Hey, I'm pretty sure you, you're a plus handicap. No, I was, I was giving you the benefit of the doubt, benefit of the doubt. <laughs> yeah. Hey, and I'm and talking guy- one hole. I'm talking one hole. <laughs> <laughs> okay. One hole it is one hole it is, but yeah, so, you're right. It's cool. I mean, and like, even on the other sports, I grew up playing basketball and I'm not the tallest guy, but, uh, luckily I have a good three point shot. So it, it saved me. But, uh, even those sports, there are 14 year olds, like there are junior high school teams that I wouldn't be able to play on now. So you're talking like 12, 13 year olds can crush me. It's just, <laughs> just, golf is a game of longevity. I mean, even, even look at that, like pros to be able to put four rounds together at Augusta is like, that's why they win because they put those four, like that, that would be so difficult for even the best golfer I know, you know? Well, that's a good point. I, I was able to put three rounds together at Augusta and wasn't able to put the fourth round together at Augusta. I was in the final group playing with Jordan Spieth and I shot 81 on Sunday. So I I know exactly Ah. what you're talking about, (laughs) but yeah, there you go. I mean, talk about pressure, man. Like I get, I get like nervous thinking about the pressure you actually had. Yeah, no, it it's, uh, but it's why you practice. It's why you, uh, it's kind of what you dream about as a kid. And that was, that was definitely me. And, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's a game that it definitely keeps you coming back for me now playing less. It's, it's that one shot that you hit at the end of the round. Like if you have a bad day or whatever it is, or a putt that you make next thing, you know, you're like, 
wow, okay, I, I can do this. I'm coming back tomorrow. <laughs> it's like a yeah, it's like a drug. Sure. <laughs> it is. It it is. And so we kind of talked a little bit about your golf content, but uh man your social media the the rest of it man your videos are just hysterical and um i mean some of my favorite videos are like you dancing the nfl theme song and the choreographed dance with these two other guys who who are these guys <laughs> and and why are y'all so dialed in and in rhythm well okay so on the nfl one we got to give credit to um the dance troupe that it's this husband and wife, Costin Mayer. I think I said their name right, but they're on Instagram. Um, they originally did. Oh, I know so, who you're talking about. I know who you're yeah, talking they about. They are so fun to watch. Yeah. So <laughs> we posted it and we gave them cred and they loved it. And then people said, who did it better, us or them? Which, you know, everyone then said us, which I think we're all half kidding when we say it because they, <laughs> these two people actually know how to dance. The Chubby Gingers like to think we do. Uh, but so we, we took theirs and did that, but that, that's a funny question you asked because uh, the, choreo the choreographer of our troupe is the un unsung hero. She She's actually a lifelong dancer, actress, um, and she is the wife of the biggest guy. So okay, okay. in our first video, we, we called ourselves triple X, double X, and I'm XL because <laughs> I'm the smallest. Uh, so the triple X, his name's Crew, and his wife Lindsay is our choreographer, and she truly is the like you. We need to put together a behind the scenes of all of this at some point because she's just yelling at us for sixty minutes to get our you know get our stuff together and knock it off and stop laughing and do it do it like she is like a drill sergeant. Sixty minutes. I'm going to take the over on that. I'm going to take the over yeah. on the amount of takes that it took as well. Because I mean, y'all like if you put it frame by frame, like y'all are doing the exact same thing, and you're not. You can't. Like I think you're in the front. You can't see the guys behind you. So you just got to hope yeah. they do it right. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't think I could have ever been a uh, uh, competitive dancer. It's 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 yeah. impressive stuff. <laughs> yeah, man. So what is your kind of creative process and all your social media stuff? You know, I've seen you do. You know whether it be those videos or other, it just seems like in this content space, you've been able to kind of keep it light and fun. Yeah, I think we'll just, you know, I, like I said, I have a few people that help me on it. Primarily one, she's, uh, I, I recruited her cause she's Gen Z. So I needed that youthful, uh, look into all the social media. So she <laughs> tells me if anything I'm doing is cringe or boomer and I just <laughs> listen to her. Uh, but we, you know, I don't know. We just come up with fun ideas and, uh, you know, there's been a few that haven't made it, but, um, we'll, we'll watch social media, do some trends and then kind of do some original content. I like this golf stuff cause it's more original content stuff mm -hmm. and we're putting, I'm actually putting something out tomorrow. So we'll, we'll see how people like it, but I'm a little Ooh, nervous about this. I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited to see this it. This is just a full on, like really short sketch, but it's not. So it's completely original content. Love it was it. just an idea I had. So if you don't see it up by the end of the day, it's because it bombed and I took it down. <laughs> I mean, some of my favorite videos you've done is it's the uh it's like the ginger shot uh video. I thought that was absolutely oh, hysterical. Yeah. That one was great. Yeah. The go to the gym one uh was I I mean just hysterical, but yeah, that one was great. I I watched Papa Swolio a couple of times. I was like, this would be funny if I did a little a little stitch or whatever, a little split screen off of him. 
Oh my goodness. It was great. Would you say that's probably been your favorite video you've put out? Which one your, your best one? I don't know. The Lizzo dance on, I think got the most on Instagram. That one was I pretty popular. I don't know if I've seen that one. I need to, I mean, I've gone oh, all yeah. the way through. Your, okay. I need to go check that one out. Yeah. You have to, you have to check that one. Um, I, so I met her uh, at. Oh, and, wait, I have I, seen this. I, was, I have seen this. Now, because well, it was not, in person. Don't, don't watch the one where I met her, though. Um, okay. That's the okay, one I've so seen. I, I, think. I met her in Hollywood. I was at a, a dinner with some buddies of mine at a fancy schmancy restaurant. Now, all of a sudden, I look around and, like, um, I think I saw Babyface. And then I, I just saw, like, all these musicians dressed to the nines come in and we're like, oh, I'm, I'm in a black t shirt and jeans. I'm underdressed. Uh, and then we were like, what award show is it tonight? And we realized, oh, it was, it was a big award show that night. So then I look over and I see Lizzo and I'm like, oh, shit, I'm such a big fan of Lizzo. Um, and we get up and walk away and I kind of look back and then she's looking at me. And then I was like, no, she's not looking at me. And then I looked back and she was still looking and she like waves. And then I waved back and then was going to leave. And my buddy was like, no, you need to go over there and meet her. So Mm -hmm. I went over and met her. And then she's like, do you know my dance that's trending right now? And I blew it. And I was like, I don't know the dance. I'm sorry. Ah." And then so I went to um, with the other guys and we learned it and put it out and people loved it. So I'm, I'm sure I've seen it. I feel like I've seen like every video on the Internet. It's it's the most addicting thing watching all these videos on TikTok or Instagram and a man Lizzo meeting her in person. That's been amazing. I mean, I'd, I take uh, her dang Lizzo Peloton classes just to keep me yeah. pumped up. Oh, do you really? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. She, uh, so cool. I, you know, you always get nervous when you meet these huge celebrities. Like, are they going to be mean? Are they going to not want to talk to you? She was amazing. She was so sweet. And uh, we had such a great time meeting her. That's, that's really good to hear. And all this social yeah. media stuff that we're kind of talking about, we can, if you want to follow Patrick, it's Patrick Renna on all of his socials and you definitely need to check it out. And I definitely need to go make sure I know what Lizzo video we're talking about. So I can, uh, maybe I can even recreate it. That would be pretty sick. Give it a go. Give it a go. <laughs> Tell you what, I wish my, my hands mashed my feet when I dance, but it's not that great. So we'll have to see. It might take me a little bit. <laughs> But Patrick, I know you're, you know, most remembered for your acting career. And like we mentioned, The Sandlot, The Big Green, a couple of my favorite movies growing up. I kind of want to know what was what started getting you into acting? Uh, In Boston, where which is where I'm from, I would do school plays and things like that. Um, So I always had a love for acting. I did like a little modeling as a kid, you know, for clothes companies and things like that. But uh, it wasn't really until I moved to LA that it, it became a reality. Um, and I, I moved here when I was 13, but my first big job, my, really my first job was the Sandlot. So I just kind of hit the ground running um, and was lucky enough to get working right when I moved here. Um, so it wasn't really something that I had like longed for or had, mm-hmm. you know, um, this deep like passion to do. Um, I mean, I had a passion to do it, but again, luckily I just started and it was what I did. So it, it, I didn't have any experience in not, um, not being successful from the beginning, I think until I got a little older, then I started to experience that sort of like, 
oh shit, you don't get every single job you audition for. Oh wow, it's you know been a minute since I worked. Oh, I got to support myself, you know. And that sort of struggle in Hollywood didn't come until my you know teen years, my late teens, early twenties. Yeah, so you've seen the highs and lows of 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 yeah. this profession, and I can relate that so much in my professional golf career. I, I felt like I saw the highest of highs and I saw the lowest of lows. How how were you able to handle that over the years, and and what you know what what was your kind of what got you through it all? I think, I mean, what got me through it is just probably family and friends, and you know, things like that. Um, I I think the way you just manage it is recognizing the importance of things in the in the bigger picture, you know. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, Brian Cranston was interviewed once and said something along the lines of like, as an actor, you go into that audition room and you give it everything you got and you leave your heart, you know, on the table. And um, and then when you leave that room and the second the door closes, you let it all go because it's out of your hands at that moment. And as long as you gave it your all, you can be proud of it because it truly is out of your hands. They could not hire you because your hair is too curly or it doesn't, or you're five, you know, you're two inches too tall or too short or, you know, and, and it really, it really does. It's true. I mean, I, I produced a movie about a decade ago and we had a little audition process and I saw that in action, like not fantastic actors and actresses coming through and not hiring them because of blah, you know, or for the silliest reasons. So I think that kept that keeps me grounded, like concepts like that. Um, good family, good friends. You know, I, I was in a, a a class and a class that had a good um, good foundation and support for actors and you know things like that. That's that's really interesting. And you know, one of the things that I kind of relate to that people would tell me at the time was your expectations are too high. And I think because I had so much success early in my career, it was really hard to lower my expectations because I knew what I was capable of. Was that something that you kind of struggled with? Yeah. I, I mean, again, expectations, my expectations weren't high because they were probably right where I got to immediately. Yeah. You know, like, I remember meeting my first agent and she said, don't be surprised if you don't work for six months. And again, my first audition, Sandlot, and I booked it. So uh, what, what I think was tough for me is I went on from Sandlot, got home, auditioned for Polly Shore, was gone again on Son-in-Law, like a two weeks later. Got back from Son-in-Law, did a few other movies, then off to Austin to do Big Green. So that first five years where, you know, I did all this work. Um, it was, and and then I I truly worked a lot consistently through my my late teens. I think it didn't get difficult until maybe I moved out, and mm-hmm. then I was on my own, and you know, um, other things came into the picture that were important too, like getting a girlfriend and, you know, (laughs) like that sort of scene became important. Um, That's when life started being a bit more difficult. Um, And maybe the expectations were set too high by myself as a kid, you know, like 
that's where things were tough because, and Hey, I never really had it that tough. Like, you know, luckily I, um, I was able to be an actor my whole career and support myself. And I know, you know, there are others that have had to do a lot worse. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, I think also giving back has helped me. Um, I've done some nonprofit stuff over the years and, you know, just helping others, I think is important. I saw a meme on social media the other day that was like, Hey, you're having a bad day. Why don't you try helping someone see if that fixes it? And I was like, wow, that's, it's just not about, you so much you know and the second you start making it all about you and all your problems it's just too dramatic and and um so i think that's helped but anyway you your question was expectations and i think i i i don't think i ever set my sights too high and didn't achieve it i think i achieved what i wanted and then learned what crashing and burning is a little like and that's where it got interested you know yeah, no, that totally makes sense. And I don't want to talk about our careers like this because it's, you know, you, you hold on to it so tight. And, um, yeah. you know, I, I do want to ask some questions about the Sandlot because I think it is an instant classic, something that, you know, yeah. when y'all finished the movie, I think one of the things that surprised me about reading about the Sandlot was that y'all only filmed for 42 days. So it probably feels like it was over and done with so quickly in your mind. Yeah, I mean, it was so long ago that um, it doesn't really feel that way to me. But also, we had like a baseball camp for a couple weeks before the shoot, too. So it really was more like two months for us. Um, And then pretty fast after that, I think we were on uh, a week or two trip doing publicity. So, Mm. you know, it was kind of. It was kind of our life. Um, so, I, yeah. And, and also realize that 42 days, I don't think included weekends. Really? Because I'm pretty sure we had the weekends off. Yeah. So it was 42 days, but you know, that's five days a week is eight weeks. So it's two months. So we were, it was a, okay. the entire a little longer for us. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you're right. It was a short, it was a short schedule for a big movie like that. Like they jammed it in and got it done. Yeah. Yeah, I found that to be super interesting. And, you know, you were how old were you at the time when you were casted for the Sandlot? 13, 13. And and I read that it was actually supposed to be casted for like eight, nine year olds. So that was something that was interesting to me. I think even younger. Yeah, I think like six, seven or seven, eight. Um, That's entirely too young looking at it now. (laughs) Well, that's and that's what they realized. So they had actually cast the whole cast already i don't know that they had contract signed but they had a whole cast picked out they went through the whole audition process and then the director went "Woo, these kids are too young to be saying half this stuff like it doesn't <laughs> you know pee drinking crap face out of a seven-year-old is especially your character <laughs> yeah exactly um but you might be right it might have been seven or eight uh i don't know that it was at six but yeah so they recast they recast the whole thing Man, that's insane. And and just thinking about too, like the, the chewing tobacco scene, just writing that up for a, a seven year, eight, yeah. eight year old. And by the way, what was in the chewing tobacco? Surely they didn't <laughs> give you guys chewing was, tobacco to use. No, they didn't. It was pretty awful though. It was beef jerky and licorice and the licorice was pretty nasty. Oh man. So you just, how like long would you keep combo. that in your mouth? Do you remember like, was it just yeah. something that you would just wake up and still taste it the next day? <laughs> 
No, it wasn't that bad, but it was pretty gross. I mean, we, you know, we put it in and we're like, whoa, this is terrible. And then, you know, pretty soon after we were spitting it out. But the thing that was really gross was the puke was this um, split pea soup and they just dumped it all over. Oh, us I didn't think about gross. that. I yeah, didn't like think about the puke. Of ham in it. Yeah. Oh, God. That sounds yeah. terrible. <laughs> hey, it's the acting, though. I love it. You got to do yeah, it. Yeah, you got to do it. <laughs> I think one of the things that I was disappointed about was to find out that the beast was like a puppet. Well, no, the, there were three dogs. There were three oh, there were dogs. dogs. Okay. Yeah. I read there was like yeah, a puppet so for the dog. There was a puppet for the scenes that uh, were kind of suspended reality. So there's a few scenes where you see like a close-up of a paw and it's massive or the, mm. the dog's mouth. It was, And that sort of represented our imagination. But then you can see in the running scenes and a lot of the scenes, it's a real dog. Yeah, no, okay, that makes sense. It's kind of yeah. like Jaws, right? Like when in the exactly, Jaws yeah. movies, right? It's, it's yeah. probably right around the same times as we're filmed. So, man, that makes yeah. a whole lot of sense. Um, but your character, you know, Hamilton Porter, looking at that character, to me, it was like the kid on the block who definitely had older brothers and definitely knew too much. Yeah, he definitely was that guy. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know about no too much though. Maybe maybe just right. <laughs> I mean, I just think about like the one liners, just knowing how to make s'mores, the you know, just the you're killing me smalls line. I mean, just some of those lines, man, were great. Like we how'd y'all come up with those? Um, a lot of them were written. You know, the a lot of them were in the script. That that um the big uh argument scene was actually originally written for Benny. And they switched. Uh, the director changed his mind on the day and had had me do it instead. Um, and then, because I think he just didn't want his hero Benny to like do all this trash <laughs> talking, you know. But he's like, you know, who could though? Ham. Uh, so that was a little shift. And then some of the stuff was written uh, in the in the backdrop scene. Uh, the director had a bullhorn and he was in the dugout and he would just yell. He, there was a little improv. He would improv like huh. lines for you to say, and then I'd repeat them. I mean, there was definitely improv throughout. We kind of, you know, figured things out being on set, but also a lot of it was written. I mean, you know, the director is the writer, the director and the narrator, and he put his heart and soul into this movie. So, and it really shows. And your greatest improv was that your line, you're killing me smalls. Actually, that wasn't the line. Yeah, you kill me, Smalls was the line. So I, I switched it up a little bit, I guess. Yeah, just it makes sense though. I mean, that's a that's yeah, a hell of an right? improv job by you. Roll rolls off the tongue a little better. <laughs> well, you mentioned the director putting his heart and soul of it, and you know when that movie came out, it when did it when did y'all feel like this movie was was going to become a classic? Was it right when it came out? Was it years down the road? Obviously, when you're on set, you can kind of tell by the. Um, by the you know the attitudes of the crew and cast if, if you're if it's going well and so we right. knew that it was good we knew that we we were on to something but there's no way we could have known that it would be sort of what it's turned into you know um and i i don't even think until years later did we really see how you know when it came out on dvd it did great and then it started mm -hmm. you know oh wow people love this movie but then just the 20th anniversary people coming you know coming around new generations being passed down from parents to their kids and then the 25th and now the 30th so it's, it's just kind of been a snowball effect really it, it just it that movie just stands the test of time and it's it's incredible yeah
It's, yeah, it really wild. is incredible. I, I can't wait to show it to my kids one day. I have a, a daughter. I, I assume she'll be into uh, baseball, but definitely going to make her see it. Uh, if not that, she'll that. watch She'll watch the big green. And that there was, I mean, honestly, that one's lost. It, 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 it's one of my favorites. It was one I always rotated in and out of the car on trips. I mean, yeah. that movie was awesome. Oh, that's cool. Thanks, man. But were you potentially the worst goalie of all time to win a championship? Um, God, yeah, I think the answer to that's yes. I mean, I was pretty terrible. I mean, I it was started off the worst. I'd like to think I got a little better, but it, it was not a good beginning. <laughs> Dude, the way they like kind of scripted up the just like the ninjas and the stuff that you would see was was uh that was expert expert writing because I watched it the other day and that's why I, I typed you in on my social media. I was like, what is he up to today? Or just in just yeah. in general. And um and it was those scenes of you just picturing ninjas and all of these like motorcycles. I was like, that is that movie was absolutely uh an, an absolute classic as well. Yeah, well, thank you. Yeah, that that was a fun one. I uh, was a little older, but it, it was a great time. Yeah, absolutely. And um, just kind of the last two questions on, or just the last question on the Sandlot and the Big Green. So you're 13 ish years old, and you got Wendy Peppercorn, and then you got this English teacher who I looked up right after I watched the Big Green or the Big Green, and I don't know why I'm saying the Big Green Egg. I'm just used to the Green Egg. Uh, oh, I smoker. know. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I mean, between those two, I, I, I'm just picturing young Patrick dealing with those two on set had to be something that at that age was probably like, oh, man. <laughs> well, Wendy Peppercorn was only there for a day. So uh, okay. luckily she was in and out. Uh, Olivia was definitely difficult for us young guys. Uh, we were filmed <laughs> with her the whole two months. Um, that was not easy. I'm pretty sure we all fell in love with her for two months. But she was so nice that. I guess that made it feel better. Just that um, sweet English voice, right? Just like, yeah, hard not to love. Great. She, yeah, she was amazing. Um, but luckily for us young young guys on Sandlot, Wendy was in and out, so it, it was over before we knew it. <laughs> Man, those, those are some great movies. And uh, now you're a father. I'm as well. I'm a father, and I see uh, you got your kids involved in sports and. You know, I, I you, you were a goalie, you were a catcher. I see you doing golf content now. Which way yeah. are your kids, which which direction are you pushing your kids in? Or is it kind of just whatever they're interested in? I do baseball uh, with my oldest and soccer. He's in, he plays baseball on Saturdays and soccer on Sundays. My youngest is three, so he's not, he's not in anything yet, but he's a bruiser. So I can see him being <laughs> the, the real sports guy. And then I did take, my oldest golfing, we played a little on the range and, uh, you know, did a, did a couple holes and he seemed to like it. So we'll see. I love it. And I, I yeah. saw, I saw the picture, I guess this was your oldest Flynn, uh, correct? Yes. Yeah. It, I saw the picture of his first black eye. That was, that was pretty incredible. Just, <laughs> I know pretty funny. Huh? I don't even know how I forget how he got it. Might've been baseball actually. Yeah. <laughs> If you know, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah, it was pretty great. He had a fun time. And there's so many comments too, like, oh, you put the raw steak on his face. But if you look, I had saran wrap. I saw it. I saw it. I, like, I saw it. Yeah, I couldn't do it. it too, I was like, this just feels wrong. We can't cancel you, man. We can't cancel you quite yeah, yet. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. No, not yet. I had saran wrap. 
<laughs> well, I mean, I, I imagine that you're a pretty recognizable guy. As has your like is your oldest kind of gotten the feel when you're out in public and you have to take pictures with anyone? Like, does he know who you are quite yet? Yeah, I mean, I think he's starting to understand because he doesn't complain when people ask. So mm -hmm. I think he's used to it. Um, but I don't know, you know, I don't, I don't know what he's processing when it happens. I think more, he's just like, okay, you done great dad. Now let's talk about what I needed. You know, I think it's right. more like that. That makes a lot I don't, of sense. He's definitely not impressed. I'll tell you that. <laughs> How many people call you smalls on accident? Like thinking that's like your, yeah, that was your name of the show. Time to time. Yeah. Yeah. And then other people will correct them and they'll start yelling at each other. It's great. <laughs> just some just some classic hardos just yelling at each other about yeah. baseball movies <laughs> that's right it's amazing man um well i'm not gonna keep you much longer i just wanted you to talk a little bit about so i i looked up and it saw that you had partnered with a uh la-based fashion designer uh jesse wilner co-founded a baseball inspired sportswear company hambino and uh you'll yeah. donate a portion of your proceeds to the youth sports or organizations to underserved communities uh, through the Hambino Foundation. Just tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, I mean, you know, obviously I've seen shirts over the years that people wore and um, so knew that there was something people were interested in. And uh, I just kind of wanted to do something myself, you know, mm -hmm. that uh, and maybe kind of wanted to level it up from just simple merch line to like clothes that people would actually like to wear and be comfortable. So uh that's why I brought in Jesse because she's the more fashionable of the two of us. Mm. And, uh, you know, we just put together a cool line that, um, you know, it's, it's more of like, a an athleisure line. So it's, you know, sweats, t-shirts, long sleeve shirts, some hoodies, things like that. We have a cool Jersey in there. And, um, it's, you know, one of the processes we went through to do it was would I wear it? So we were really, cautious to make sure it was comfortable and i think the answer is yes and we make it all here in la and um so it's american made and um we uh yeah it's great and then yes a portion of the proceeds goes to the hambino foundation which we also started and uh but yeah like like you said goes to supporting underserved communities so that's just a cool other part of it and, and a little giving back you know no, man, that's awesome. And I think that perspective, like you talked about a little earlier, talking about just your career and how you were able to kind of deal with uh, some of the ups and downs and and how you just give back. And this is a great example, man. Like you got an awesome brand where you got, you know, your your character, Hamilton Porter, the guy pointing for his moonshot, but also giving back at the same time. And uh, I definitely need to go check that out and need to get some gear as well. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I appreciate you coming on. This was a really fun conversation. And uh, really, I, I just want to play around a round of golf with you. I feel like you and I could go Let's take on some guys on the golf course. And 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 if you're not, if you're not making pars, you're definitely you're going to write down a par. <laughs> Well, well, let's do it. We'll tell him this is my bud. He's never, never played before. So go easy on him. And then you'll just crush him and we'll take him for everything they're worth. Yeah, no, something, yeah, something along those lines, even maybe just wear something where no, I wouldn't be recognized. And, uh, That's right. yeah, we're, we're going to go crush some dudes, but I look forward I love to it. Where do you, where do you live? Are you on the East coast? Uh, I'm in Alabama. Yeah. Birmingham. Oh yeah. You told me that. Right. Okay. Well, I love it. Let's do it. I get out on the West coast. I'm out that way. Let's, let's hit each other up. I'd love to, you can give me some lessons. 
Absolutely, man. I, I get you dialed in too. And uh, maybe the your future videos will be you, you know, like breaking 70 or something instead of just like the the net, the net seven or the net six. So who knows? Who knows what's ahead? We're, we're going to have to play more than one round together. But yes, thank you. I love who, it. Who knows what's ahead, man. And, uh, and who knows what's ahead for you too. And I'm looking forward to watching. Well, thanks, man. Thanks for doing Thanks for having me on. And uh, yeah. Talk soon. Hey, maybe uh, win win that fourth round of the Masters. That'll be one I'm gonna watch. <laughs> Heck yeah, man! You're uh, going into the weekend again. I'm watching, and I hope you win it this time. Yeah, no, absolutely. I appreciate you, Patrick. All right, thanks, man. Really fun conversation there with Patrick and Smiley. Of course, always fun to take a deep dive on a cult classic, or I guess just a, a across the board classic like the Sandlot. I don't even need to qualify it with cult, uh, but fun of. Patrick takes some time reliving his his role as Hamilton Porter. Uh, that's all we got for you today. Uh, not exactly sure we'll have for you this next week because I think that's dependent on how I'm feeling post-surgery. What I do know is Smiley has some big guests, some marquee guests lined up in the near future uh, from the world of golf and beyond. So just be on the lookout for that in, in the feed in the, in the coming weeks. Uh, and we will, we will get those episodes in there both on our podcast feed on Apple, Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcast, but of course also on our YouTube channel. And you can also find those on our social pages. And all of those are, of course, at The Smiley Show. So thanks for listening, and we will see you back here soon. The Smiley Show is part of the SiriusXM Sports Podcast Network. If you enjoyed this episode and want to hear more, please give a five-star rating and leave a review. Subscribe today wherever you stream your podcast.